Praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. Uh, let's get ready for the word today. Amen. Let's get ready to get into the word. I'm excited about what the Lord wants to share with us. Amen. So we're going to the book of James today, going to the book of James chapter 2. And we're going to begin reading at verse 14. So the book of James chapter 2 verse 14. As you're getting there, I'd like to say welcome to anyone who's visiting with us from Facebook. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in today or logging on or getting on. Amen. However you got here, we're glad you're here. Amen. You know, on first Sundays, we usually share. That's why we're on a little late. We have communion. We do our praise and worship and all that stuff. And so maybe if this is your, you know, you're gathering with us on Facebook, sometimes it may be good, especially on first Sundays, to join in with us on our website at, uh, at uh, www.worshipatbethany, spell A-T, bethany.com, amen, and get with us, and that way you can enjoy the entire service, but we're glad you're here with us today, amen. So, as we uh, transition here again, we're going to uh, the book of James, chapter 2, James chapter 2, we're going to be looking at verses, uh, we're going to read from verses 14 down to verse 24. So James chapter 2, verses 14 to 24, I'm reading from the CSB version today, amen, the CSB version today, amen, and it reads, says, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but does not have works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothes and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, Stay warm and be well fed, but you don't give them what the body needs. What good is it? In the same way, faith, if it doesn't have works, is dead by itself. But someone will say, well, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works and I will show you faith by my works. You believe that God is one. Good. Even the demons believe and they shudder. Senseless person, are you willing to learn that faith without works is useless? Wasn't Abraham, our father, justified by works in offering Isaac, his son, on the altar? You see that faith was active together with his works and by works, faith was made complete. I'm going to read verse 22 again. You see that faith was active together with his works, and by works, faith was made complete. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. So you see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. Amen. I just want to share with you this morning from the subject, work your faith. Amen. Work your faith. And the subtitle is revival is here. Work your faith. Revival is here. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord God, we, we thank you for this opportunity to come before you today. We thank you for the richness of your word. We thank you that it is a living word that can speak to us right where we are. No matter what the situation is, God, you have something to say about what's going on in our lives. God, you have a word of, of encouragement, God, a word to build us up, God, to move us forward today. So, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that by your Holy Spirit, you would speak 
clearly. God, let us hear what's on your heart and on your mind today. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Work your faith. Revival is here. Amen. Last week, the Lord talked to us about a divine do-over. Amen. I went back and, and listened to that word. And my goodness, God was speaking to us. There was some stuff in there that wasn't in, but notes, man, God just, he just poured that thing out on us. Amen. And we saw last week when we talked about a divine do-over, we saw a man who had been paralyzed uh, or had an infirmity, we'll say, for 38 years. 38 years. Uh, Jesus went to him. He was at the pool of Bethesda. Everybody was there waiting for the moving of the water. And he went to this one man and he asked and he said, do you want to be made well? Right. Remember that. And, and the man says, well, listen, when you when when the water is stirred up, when the angel comes down, I don't have anybody to take me and put me into the pool. So somebody gets there before me and I'm stuck. Right here. And Jesus told him, he looked at him, he told him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And the Bible tells us that immediately this man was healed and he responded to the word of the Lord. Amen. We said last week that when God gives a word, there's a certain way we have to respond. Amen. Just as this man responded, he said, number one, we have to respond in faith. We have to respond in faith. We have to take the word that God gives to us and we have to take it and we have to move out with it. Amen. We have to respond in faith, believing that what God has promised, he is also able to perform. Number two, we said that we have to ignore distractions and distractors. Remember, as the man began to obey the Lord and take up his bed and walk, the Jews stopped him and said, hey, it's the Sabbath. It's not lawful for you to carry your bed. And he just said, look, the man that made me well told me, take up your bed and walk. So that's what I'm going to do. He didn't get, he wasn't stopped by uh, what God had told him to do. And remember what God told him to do, Jesus told him to take up your bed and walk. That was impossible for him. A moment ago, amen? But now that he was doing it, you had opposition that would come to try to get him to stop doing what he was already doing, amen? When God gives you a word and you move out, the enemy will try to shut you down. He will try to stop you from doing what you're already doing. God says, no, keep on going, amen? And then we said, number three, we have to honor the opportunity, amen? He, Jesus found the man and he told him, listen, go and sin no more unless something worse happen to you. He had an opportunity for a do-over, a divine do-over. And he was saying, look, honor me in the do-over. Amen. Don't use this as an occasion to go out and sin and just do your own thing. No, honor me with it. Amen. And the last thing that he did is he went and told people what the Lord had done for him. Amen. So he responded in faith. He ignored the distractions and the distractors. He honored the opportunity for a do-over. And then he went and told other people what the Lord had done for him. Because we understand that there are some people around us that may need a do-over. Amen. And we always act like, I say act like because that's what it is. We act like we've got it all together. We act like we never go through anything. We never have any issues. How are people going to understand that they can receive grace from God if they never see it displayed in anybody else's life? Amen. So we know we've received an opportunity for a divine do-over. So let's share and tell somebody like that. See, when you receive, when we receive a word from the Lord, we have to respond 
like this man. Amen. We received the word and there were one of three responses to the word that was given on last week. One of three responses. Either well, Number one, when we got the, 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 the opportunity for a do-over, some of us jumped right in. We said, hey, this is my moment. This is what I've been waiting for, man. I'm going after it. Praise God. God, hallelujah, I'm going after it, and we jump right in. Number two type of response is that, well, we get started. Even if we barely get started, praise God, you moved out, you did something. Amen. And that's a good thing. I, so I'm not I'm not bashing you, I'm not beating you down. If you did something, even if you started a goal, even if you made plans and you said, okay, this is the date, this is how I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna get started. Praise the Lord for you. Amen. That's a good thing. But then number three response is that there are still some that are sitting by the pool waiting for the moving of the water. And I want to encourage everyone to hear what the Lord is saying this morning. When you receive a word, you have to respond. And how you respond is crucial. Amen. In the, in the, in the body of Christ, sometimes I'll say it this way. We, we relate to God based on our understanding of the world more than our understanding of the word. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes in the body of Christ, we respond to God based on our understanding of how the world works and how people work instead of based on the understanding of how God works as revealed through his word. And often we'll employ uh, some sayings or some cliches that we've heard that are very spiritual sounding but have no scriptural backing. Amen. Uh, and we, then we use that cliche or that saying to frame our understanding of how God works. One of the examples that, I, that, I, that we use quite often is that God won't put more on you than you can bear. Amen. How many of us have heard that? How many of us have said that? Amen. That is not based on scripture. Where we derive that from is 1 Corinthians 10, 13 that just says that God won't allow us to be tempted above what we can handle. Amen. It doesn't mean that that life circumstances and situations won't be overwhelming to us. Right. Because we know that happens. And it's not a lack of faith. It's not that you're you're not seeking God. No, he allows that to happen as an opportunity to show himself strong on your behalf. But yet when we go and tell people that God won't won't put on you more than what you can bear, we're telling people to suck it up. We're telling people you should be able to handle this instead of telling them, no, seek God and let him show himself strong. Let God rescue you. Let God come and, and help you in your situation. We put it back on people like, man, you should have this together. Grow up. And that's that's not what this really is. Amen. So we we have a misunderstanding of how God works. Another one that I like and a cliche that we we say all the time, the race is not given to the swift or to the strong, but to he what? That's right. That endures to the end. Amen. You've said that. You know, that's not a scripture. That's actually a combination of two scriptures of Ecclesiastes 9-11 and Matthew 10-22. There's no scripture that puts that all together. Amen. But we kind of use that um, and, and, and we put that all together. And, and I get it, but it's really not scripture. The one I kind of want to focus in on today is that what God has for me is for me. I believe that. Amen. But at the same time, we derive an understanding of this phrase. Amen. From several scriptures, there's several scriptures we can derive an understanding uh, because the Lord does have a purpose and a plan for us. Amen. His promises, 
the Bible tells us are yes and amen. No weapon formed against us will prosper. I know the thoughts that I think towards you. The gifts of God and the callings of God are without repentance. And so there's a lot of things that we can pull together to say what God has for me is for me. And we apply this in a lot of different ways. You know, I don't have to worry about missing out if someone is trying to be unfair to me because what? What God has for me is for me. My promise has been delayed. It's okay because what God has for me is for me. I have an opportunity, but I don't have to move right now. If it's God's will, it'll come back around because what God has for me is for me. And the danger in applying a saying that's not specifically scripturally backed is that it can build in, uh, I'll say this, an ambiguity about understanding the character of God and how he works. Please understand two things. Stay with me. I'm going somewhere. Understand two things. Number one, the Lord is a God of promises and covenants. Amen. He makes promises he makes covenant and he keeps his promises and he honors his covenants. Amen. But number two is that the Lord is a God who operates in seasons. I'll say it again. He's a God of promises and covenants, but he's also a God who operates in seasons. Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse one says it this way to everything. There is an occasion, excuse me, there is an occasion for everything and a time for every activity under heaven. Amen. Another version says to everything, there is a season, amen, and a specific time for every purpose or every activity under heaven. When God makes us a promise or he gives us a word, it is essential, watch this, that we move in the timing of the word. Amen. Remember that man at the pool of Bethesda, when Jesus spoke to him and said, take up your bed and walk, what would have happened if the man decided it's, it's the Sabbath, it's not time for me to do that, I'm going to stay here. He would have missed his moment. He would have missed his season. And think about that. What if, what if that man sat there and Jesus went away and now it's another 38 years. He's still stuck. In a situation, why? Because he did not move out when the word was given. Amen. Family fear, a lack of faith, unbelief, laziness, good old procrastination can cause us to miss what God has for us, even though it is for us. Yes, what God has for me is for me, but if I don't move in the timing of the word that he gives, then I'm going to miss what he has. Amen. Why do I believe that? Why do I believe that? Let's let's talk for a minute about Israel. Remember back in Numbers, uh, I believe it was chapter 13, uh, Israel sent 12 spies into the promised land. Remember that? The Lord told them, send, get 12 men, send them over into the promised land to spy out the land. They sent 12, 10, what? Came back with an evil report, two came back with a good report, right? And so the people were filled because of the 10, they were swayed and all the people were filled with doubt, fear, and unbelief, right? Well, God, after that happened, God judged the people. Didn't he? he judged them and told them that they would die out in the wilderness for their unbelief and that their children would go and inherit the land. 
Well, let's look at how they responded to that. Look, let's go to Numbers chapter 14. Let's look there. Numbers chapter 14, verse 39. So the Lord told Moses that, that, hey, this is the judgment that's coming down. And this is what he said. He said, then Moses told these words about the judgment to all the children of Israel and the people mourned greatly. Now look at what they did in verse 40. And they rose early in the morning and went up to the top of the mountain saying, here we are. And we will go up to the place which the Lord has promised for we have sinned. And Moses said, now, why do you transgress the command of the Lord? For this will not succeed. Do not go up lest you be defeated by your enemies, for the Lord is not among you. For the Amalekites and the Canaanites are there before you, and you shall fall by the sword because you have turned away from the Lord. The Lord will not be with you. But wait a minute. God, didn't you give us a word? Didn't you say that the promised land for us? Didn't you say what you had for us was for us? He said, look, I'm not with you because you rejected me. I've now rejected you in the situation because you did not move in the timing of the word that I spoke. So look at what these look at what happens in verse 44. But they presumed to go up to the mountaintop. Nevertheless, neither the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord representing the presence of God nor Moses, representing the man of God, departed from the camp. Then the Amalekites and Canaanites who dwelt in the mountain came down and attacked them and drove them back as far as Hormah. What God has for them was for them, but they missed their moment. They missed the season because they didn't move out when God told them. They didn't have faith to move out when God told them to move. And even when they came back later on to do it, the opportunity was gone. The season closed. The, the window of opportunity was over. We see this also with Esau in, in the book of Genesis. Esau was the oldest, the firstborn, uh, and Jacob tricked him out of his birthright. And even though Esau later on, when it was time to give the blessing, there was not a blessing for him. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 12, 17, that even though he sought for the blessing with tears, he was rejected. He wanted to inherit the blessing, but he was rejected because he refused his birthright. That window of opportunity, that season ended. Amen. He was left without what was intended for him. Family, sometimes our delay of action, when God gives us a word, our delay of action isn't even intended maliciously. It's not that we're trying to be rebellious. We're not trying to, uh, to, to come against the Lord. Uh, sometimes, like I said, it's just good old human nature and procrastination. You know, Felicia had post, reposted something that she saw on Facebook last month, and a lot of people saw it. And it kind of shook me up a little bit, but God brought it back to me yesterday. It said procrastination it was defined as, watch this, the arrogant assumption that God owes you another opportunity to do what you had time to do. I'm going to say that again. Procrastination is the arrogant assumption that God owes you another opportunity to do what you had time to do. Family, we can't afford to put off what God is telling us to do. We can't afford to put off the, the, the do-over. We can't afford to put off seeking God when he's giving us time to seek him. We can't afford to wait because why? God works in seasons. Amen. We have to understand the grace of the moment that he's given us. Amen. That being said, the Lord spoke to me again this morning and he said, revival is here. 
I'm going to say it again. He said revival is here. What we've been praying for, what we've been looking for, what people a uh, long time before us have been praying for, revival is here. It is now. Amen. And just like the word of a divine do-over, there is a season to this and there is a required response for revival. Amen. And I don't want to sound like I'm fussing or like I'm beating anybody up. Amen. Again, there's some that jumped in. There's some that got just got started. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. But there's some of us who haven't moved for whatever reason. And I'm encouraging all of us to step out, respond in faith to the word of the Lord. Amen. How do we respond? Well, prayer is always an appropriate response to every situation. Amen. Prayer is always an appropriate response to every situation. But I believe that when you're praying about something and you leave your prayer closet, the idea is to come away with a plan. Amen. The idea is to come away with a plan and something that you are to implement or to do to allow the will of the Lord to be done in your life. Amen. We go into the prayer closet with the faith that I will receive instruction from the Lord about whatever it is that I'm praying for. Amen. And we keep praying until we have it. We keep praying until we know what to do. Amen. That's the, the perseverance that we need. Amen. You have to work your faith. The Bible tells us that faith without works is dead, right? You have to work your faith. Family, there's some situations that that just having faith by itself is no good without some accompanying action. Let's go back to our text today in James chapter 2. There are some situations where just having faith is no good without action. If you're on a plane and the plane is having problems and the pilot is just sitting up there praying that everything will work out, but he doesn't do anything to fix the problem. That's not a good situation to be in. Amen. That's not where you want to be. Look at James chapter two, verse 14. He says, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but does not have works or accompanying actions? Can faith save him? Look at verse 15. If a brother or sister is without clothes and lacks daily food, and one of you says to him, go in peace, stay warm, and be well fed, but you don't give them what the body needs, what good is it? Amen. It's cool for you to pray. Amen. The blessing is great, but they're shivering and they're hungry, and we're walking away feeling great about this prayer that I prayed for the person. Amen. Having faith and praying God will bless them is empty without accompanying action, without giving them the things that they need. Amen. That's why when you go to a homeless shelter or a food kitchen, they don't try to hit them with the gospel without feeding them or providing for their natural needs. Amen. They can't receive it, right? So in the same way, verse 17, James 2:17 says, in the same way, if it doesn't have, excuse me, faith, if it doesn't have works, is dead by itself. Amen. Faith, if it doesn't have works, is dead by itself. Well, someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works and I will show you my faith by my works. I'm going to show you that I believe God by it showing up in my lifestyle and how I do what I do. Amen. I'm going to act in faith. I'm going to walk in faith. I'm going to step out in faith. I'm going to respond to the word of God in faith. And so it's faith and action. Amen. It's faith and work. So it's time to work your 
faith. Amen. Last week we had intercessory prayer week. Amen. We had a lot of people getting up in the morning and praying. Amen. Getting on the call together, praying and interceding. Even if you weren't the one leading prayer, there were people on the prayer call. Amen. We were working our faith. Amen. You've got to put an action to what we say we believe about God. Faith is belief in action. Amen. We can have faith and say, well, we believe that this presidential election coming up is going to work out the way that it's supposed to and God's will will be done. Amen. But God uses people to accomplish his will in the earth. Remember, he said when he said, let them have dominion over the earth, he said that nothing happens in the earth without the active participation or passive permission of mankind. Amen. So if we pray about it, if we pray about it, but don't vote, Amen. Then we'll be allowing some things in our lives that we don't really want in our lives. Amen. We won't have a say in it. Amen. We have to get up and we have to do something. Amen. I'm going to say it again. We have to get up and we have to do something. Amen. uh, James chapter 2 verse 21. Look at this. It says, wasn't Abraham our father justified by works in offering Isaac his son on the altar? He says, you see that faith, watch this here. Faith was active together with his works. Faith was active together with his works and by works, faith was made complete. Amen. When we say we have faith that God is doing something, we say we have faith in a word that God has given. There are some actions that go along with that to make our faith complete. Amen. And the scripture was fulfilled that Abraham believed God and was credited to him as righteousness and he was called God's friend. This is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Amen. The story of of Abraham and Isaac. We find that in Genesis chapter 22. And when we begin to move out in faith, when we respond in faith, when we begin to work our faith, there's some things that God does to provide for us, to take care of us, to show us. There's some things that happen where God, watch this, rewards our faith. When we move out in faith, God then rewards our faith. Let's look at some of the things that will happen when God, when we move out in faith, we begin to work our faith. Let's go to Genesis chapter 22. And I'm going to just kind of uh, just, just run through this. Uh, Genesis chapter 22, just kind of run through the story, point out a couple things. Amen. So Genesis 22 verse 1 says, after these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, here am I. He answered, take your son. He said, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. So he received a word from the Lord and he responded in faith. Okay, he says, so Abraham got up early in the morning, saddled his donkey and took with him two of his young men and his son, Isaac. So one of the things you receive when you step out in faith, Abraham stepped out in faith, the first thing that God will do is you'll receive direction and vision. As you step out in faith, you'll receive, number one, direction and vision. Amen. Look at verse three here. So Abraham got got up early in the morning, saddled his donkey, took with him two of his young men and his son Isaac. He split the wood for a burnt offering and set out to go to the place God told him about. Now, look at this. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He got up. He moved in the season of the word that he had been given. He didn't delay and he received direction as he went. You know, when you have a ship sitting in the water, 
You can't change direction of the ship if it's not moving. If the ship is sitting there docked in the harbor and you can turn the rudder and you can try to steer it and direct it, guess what? It's not going to change direction because it's not moving. God is saying if you want to receive direction, if you want to receive a vision for what I'm telling you I want to do, you've got to get moving. A ship only turns when it's moving in the water. Amen. We're saying, well, God, show me and I'll move. God is saying, move and I'll show you. Amen. We've got to step out. When you work your faith, God will show you how to do what you couldn't do before. Amen. He'll stay with you and he'll guide you just like he did Abraham. But we've got to get moving. Amen. Number two, he gives us a word of faith to declare. When we step out in faith, when we respond to the word of God, he gives us a word to declare. Let's look back in Genesis chapter 22. It says, then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go over there to worship and then we'll come back to you. Now, if you know the story, we know what he had been told. He was speaking a word of faith. He was speaking a word of faith that what God has promised, he was also able to perform. So now look what he does. So he speaks. He says, the boy and I will go over there to worship and then we'll come back to you. Verse six, Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering. He laid it on his son, Isaac. In his hand, he took the fire and the knife and the two of them walked on together. Then Isaac spoke to his father Abraham, and I can only imagine what was going through his mind at this time. He says, and, and, and he said, my father, and he replied, here I am, my son. Isaac said, the fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Look how Abraham answered again. Abraham said, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Then the two of them walked on together. The Holy Spirit will give you what to say based on the will and the purpose of God. The Holy Spirit will give you insight, watch this, to what's going on behind the scenes. Even though we can't see how it's going to work out, God will tell you. He'll give you what to say. He'll give you a word of faith and says, look, I know it looks like this. I know this is where you're going. This is what you're doing. But here's what I'm doing behind the scenes. Yes, the boy and I will go and we will come back. Amen. God will provide himself a lamb for the sacrifice. Amen. Hallelujah. The, the, the third thing he does when we step out in faith, and this is interesting, we step out in faith and then as we're going, we will receive a challenge to our faith. We'll step out in response to the word that he's given, but then there'll be another challenge. We'll be tested. That faith that we're trying to apply will be tested as we're going. It's almost like it's testing our resolve. Are we really committed to do what God has commanded us to do? Genesis 22 verse 9 says, When they arrived at the place that God had told them about, Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood. He bound his son Isaac and placed him on the altar on top of the wood. You know, it's one thing to start out doing what the Lord tells you to do. It's another thing to get to the point of actually having to do it and then still going through with it. Amen. It's a challenge. Again, we start out well sometimes. We start out well-intentioned sometimes. And then challenges in life, different situations and circumstances come against us. And we actually have to follow through on what God has told us to do. And that's when it gets a little tough. That's when it gets a little tough. But look at verse 10. Then Abraham reached out and took the knife to slaughter his son. He said, I'm going to follow through with it. I'm going to obey God. Even though my faith is challenged, even though the situation is crazy, I, but I know what God told me. So I'm going to follow through with what God said. And then in verse 11, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, he replied, here I am. Then he said, don't lay a hand on the boy or do anything to him for now I know. 
that you fear God since you have not withheld your only son to us. Amen. When we get into a situation and God speaks to us, he's giving us an opportunity to grow in our faith. Amen. He's given us an opportunity. Amen. We, we understand following God is going to take you out of your comfort zone. He's going to ask you to do some things that may not make sense to us at the moment. That's why he said, I'm taking you, watch this, even further by faith. Amen. You, you've dwelt on this mountain long enough. I'm going to take you even further, which means I'm going to draw you even closer to me. I'm going to take you further than you've ever gone before, but it's going to be by faith. Amen. And then four, God provides. When we step out in faith, God provides for us. Amen. Just like in verse 13 here, Genesis 22, 13, Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it as a burnt offering in place of his son. And Abraham named that place the Lord will provide. We know that as Jehovah Jireh. So today it is said it will be provided on the Lord's mountain. When we step out in faith, God will provide what you need. Amen. But notice the provision didn't come until he obeyed. Sometimes we want God to supply everything up front when it's time to step out. He says, no, move and I'll show you. Step out and I'll provide. Do what you need to do. Amen. Do what I'm calling you to do. And I'll make sure you have everything you need to do it. Amen. It doesn't work the other way. Amen. A lot of times it doesn't work the other way. And then number five, he confirms his promise. When God, when we obey him, we step out in faith. God confirms his promise to us. Look at, look back at Genesis 22 verse 15. It says, then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, by myself, I have sworn. This is the Lord's declaration. Because you have done this thing and have not withheld your only son, I, in, I will indeed bless you and make your offspring as numerous as the stars of the sky and the sand of the seashore. Your offspring will possess the city gates of their enemies and all of the nations of the earth will be blessed by your offspring because you have obeyed my command. Amen. So go back to James chapter two. So we see that God now confirms the promise that he made to him years ago before he even had a child. When Jesus tells us to do something, he calls us to launch out of the deep. He tells us to step forward, amen, and move out in faith. God will come back and confirm the very promise that he got us started with in the first place, amen. He'll come back and we'll see him manifest what he told us he would do. Look back in James chapter 2, verse 21. It says, wasn't Abraham our father justified by works in offering Isaac, his son, in the altar? You see how his faith and his works were working together? He says, you see that faith was active together with his works. Amen. And by works, faith was made complete. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was credited credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God, God's friend. So you see that a person is justified by works and not faith alone. Amen. So his faith was made complete when he actually went out and did what God called him to do. Amen. When the Lord started speaking about revival, when he started speaking about a divine do-over, amen, he gives us an opportunity to step out. Family, we've got to move in the season of the word that he gives. Amen. And when the Lord began initially, we started the, the Bible study on Wednesday talking about revival. And God's been speaking to me about revival uh, uh, through a lot of this pandemic. He said he's been saying he's preparing us for revival. And I've shared this with you. He's getting us ready for to experience revival. Amen. And I can't tell you 
why he picked us. I, I can't tell you why he chose us. Amen. And, and as we're looking at revivals, we see it's the same way that God just chooses and he uses the ones he chooses. That, that's just how it works. I don't know why he picked us. I'm glad he did. But I don't think it was anything that we did that we had. You know, we were better than anybody else. God chose us to experience revival. And he said this morning, revival is here. Amen. And so just as the man at the pool of Bethesda, just as Abraham, we have to respond to the word that God has given us. Amen. Amen. And so he gave us a plan. He gave me a plan and it's time to implement this plan. Amen. And I want to apologize a little bit because this is going to be a, a we're going to try to adjust our lifestyle a little bit to prepare is what he said. He told me we have to position ourselves for an outpouring. Amen. We have to position ourselves for an outpouring. And so we're going to adjust our lifestyles to do three things to run, to worship, to fast and to pray. Amen. To worship to fast and pray. That's how we're going to position ourselves for revival. Remember, we can't make anything happen. Amen. We can't make it happen. When God is speaking, he's saying, hey, it's here. Revival is here. We want to position ourselves for the outpouring of God. Amen. We want to get under the faucet. Amen. We want to go out into the rain. Glory to God. So we're going to worship. We're going to fast and we're going to pray. And we're going to do this over the next 30 days. Amen. The next 30 days, we're going to worship, we're going to fast, and we're going to pray. Let me tell you how it's going to work. Amen. First thing is we're going to worship. We're going to arrange our lifestyles to have a nightly time of worship with the Lord. Amen. This is going to be done uh, with your family. This is a family thing. We're not going to come together as a body and do it. This is between you and the Lord. Amen. And so what we're asking you to do is pick a time in the evening, uh, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, nine o'clock. Try to have it on the hour so we can kind of be all together. Amen. On one accord, uh, depending on your schedule. And you're going to spend time worshiping God. You know, you can put on a worship song, you can put on some instrumental music, you can sing to the Lord, however you want to do it, but you're going to spend time worshiping him. And I'm asking that you do it as a family. Amen. I'm asking that you establish a time of worship with your family in the evenings. Adjust it around your schedule. Okay. If you've got events, things going on, you know, adjust it around your schedule. Let's say you're, you're at an event. Let's say your, your, your child has a basketball game or a football game or some, some type of event you have to go to a birthday party, something like that. Then just set aside a time and just pray together as a family and honor God and worship him. But I want you to do this every day for 30 days. Now, of course, on Wednesday, as we gather together on Wednesday, that will count as our, our time of worship. Amen. You don't necessarily have to do it on Sunday because we've had a time of worship together. Amen. On Sunday, so you don't have to necessarily do it Sunday night. But I'd like you to take tonight and talk through this with your family and figure out, hey, these are the events we have coming up. This is what we have planned. This, how are we going to adjust this? Because we want to worship together as a family. That's a part of our response and positioning ourselves for an outpouring from God. So that's the first thing we're going to worship. Amen. Next thing we're going to do is I'd like you to fast. Now, here's the thing. I want you to find out um, or ask the Lord or just decide, hey, what can I fast from during this next 30 days? Amen. Some of us we have, again, I'm kind of I'm kind of springing this on you. Amen. So some of us may have had events planned. Let's say you've got a birthday coming up or you've got a family event coming up or something that you're you're already planning to do. And it would be kind of awkward to fast from food. OK, fast from something else. 
you know, fast from food the rest of the days. And then on that day, you know, you go ahead and eat and fast from something else. Amen. This is between you and the Lord. Amen. And so what we're going to do is after that time of worship, amen, after that time of worship, we're going to fast from whatever we're going to fast from until noon the next day. Now, for the first week, if you want to try to just kind of fast from the morning, if you're going to, let's say you're going to do food and you need some time to get used to it, you want to fast from 6 in the morning to 12, you know, that's fine. You know, again, it's up to you. But we're going to worship, we're going to fast, and we're going to pray. So you can choose what to fast from. If you can't fast for food from a, because of a medical condition, um, you can do TV, you can do certain foods, however you want to do it. The goal is to turn from something in order to turn to God. Amen. That's the key. Okay. Um, uh, I'm going to be fasting again uh, uh, with food and things like that. Uh, if you're if you are fasting from food during the time of the fast, water, sparkling water, coffee, tea, you can do that. Uh, if you're diabetic and you're fasting, uh, be careful with fruit juices because it has a lot of sugar in it. You can spike your blood sugar. But again, put that before the Lord. Now, so we've got the worship. We've got the fast. Next thing is prayer. Okay, and so what I'm asking you to do for the next 30 days is I want you to pray every day in the morning. I want you to pray in the morning. We're not going to start out praying together if the Lord leads and we're going to maybe we'll come back on the prayer line and we'll pray together. We'll still do our Wednesday, but we're not going to do a daily prayer together. I want this between again between you and God. Um, we're going to pray in the morning. Okay, so you, you're, you're worshiping, have a time of worship as a family. You're going to fast starting that evening. To the next, to the, and then the next morning, you get up before you start your day. Spend time in prayer, okay? Spend time in prayer. The things that we're praying for, we're focusing on revival, amen. We're focusing on revival. We want to pray for forgiveness. We want to pray for an outpouring of the Spirit, amen. We want to also pray, and I love the timing of this. We want to be praying for this upcoming election in our nation, amen. Next thirty days will take us right up to election night. So we want to be praying and covering this with prayer and our worship, amen, and our fasting. We want to pray about our transition to the building, amen, the new building. We want to be praying, watch this, the Lord gave me this. We want to be praying for the harvest inside and outside the body of Christ. I'm going to say that again. We want to be praying for the harvest inside and outside the body of Christ. There's, a, there's many in the church who have gone to sleep. There's many in the church who need, need to be revived, need to be woken back up. There are many in the church who are in the church but not a, really a part of the church. We want to pray that God would bring them all the way in, that they would be on fire for God, and then we can all reap the harvest together. Amen. God doesn't want anybody left out, but we've got to worship, we've got to fast, and we've got to pray. And, and again, tonight, I want you to start preparing I want you to talk to your family, have a meeting, if you will, or whatever. Just talk together as a family. Hey, how are we going to do this together? Amen. We're going to do this for the next 30 days. And, and I believe that he said, he said, revival is here. Amen. So we're going to position ourselves for an outpouring. I believe that we'll see a great outpouring. Amen. I'm praying and I'm asking God, you know, about the new building. When that's done, I'm praying and I'm asking God about when we're going to be getting back together. I believe, and we've said this before, I believe that the timing of revival has been closely tied to this building, at least for us. Amen. Uh, how God is going to pour out with us. So uh, I don't know what all he's doing. I don't know what, how he's doing it. I'm just following the Lord. Amen. So I'm inviting you. Let's follow him together. Let's worship. Let's fast and let's pray. Because revival is here. Amen. So I'm expecting that God will give us direction. I'm expecting he'll give you a fresh vision 
for the things that he's calling us to do. Just like he gave Abraham, you got to get moving. You got to step out and respond in faith. I'm expecting God to give you a word to declare during this time. Amen. I'm expecting God to stir up your faith on these situations that you're asking God to move in. Amen. I'm expecting a challenge. I'm expecting that that during this thing that there will be things that come up that may try to sway me from what God has called us to do. I'm expecting that. I'm expecting that. Amen. But I'm also expecting that God will provide for us his grace, his strength. Amen. That we need to get through it. Amen. And I'm expecting God to confirm his promise and pour out his spirit on all flesh. Amen. So please join us in this. Join us in this. We're going to worship. We're going to fast. We're going to pray 30 days. We're going to seek the face of the Lord. And I believe that revival is here and we're going to see it. In our generation, amen, we're going to see it, amen. Come on, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for being so faithful to us. I thank you, Father, for the call. Uh, I thank you for the call, God, to come closer to you. I thank you, Father.